Hey, welcome in today. This is Two Cents Sports Talk. I'm your host, Adam Katulak, and I'm here with my co-host, Brian Crum. Let's get to it. We're in studio again, so we're looking forward to it, and we have a packed show for you guys all about player mobility and free agency and players that are looking, you know, to potentially be traded and demanding trades. So we're going to start here in the NFL. I'm a big Steelers fan, so <clears throat> uh, the two big, you know, free agents are players that, you know, are trying to get out of where they are currently are Le'Veon Bell, who is now a free agent, after this week, and Antonio Brown, who is demanding a trade and has talked to the Steelers organization, and they both parties have agreed to move on and just looking for the best deal for everyone there. So I just want to start with um, Le'Veon Bell, Brian, and just get your overall thoughts on the teams that you know should be looking at him and potentially what would be the best fit. So right now we have the Colts, the Jets, the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Bills in my mind. I don't know if you want to add any teams to that or your opinions on those teams overall. Yeah, um, the Le'Veon Bell thing, I mean, that's been carried on for almost a year now. So it's exciting to finally see that one get wrapped up and actually see and picture a future of him on another team and not in a Steelers uniform. So, I mean, out of those, I think the one that that comes up to mind the most is the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, um I haven't really been watching like a lot of coverage on this. It's just been an ongoing story, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've I've definitely heard their name um, thrown around a lot, uh, and they they have the most active cap space right now. I mean, they have more than enough cap space to sign him. So mm-hmm. I think that they would be able to give him that big contract that he actually wants. And the Colts haven't had a relevant running back in I don't know how long. I mean, the last running back that I can really think of who did something for them was maybe like you could stretch it and say Joseph Adai mm-hmm. out of uh, LSU, but really like Edwin James whenever he was playing with uh, with Peyton Manning. So I think that Andrew Luck needs some more help, mm-hmm. and I think that giving him a running attack with Le'Veon Bell would be huge, mm-hmm. and that would be the one that I'd, I'd be looking forward to most. But that also doesn't seem like a, a location – that'd be appealing to Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell seems like he's a big-time he's a big time uh, city guy. You know, he was staying in Miami, Florida for for this whole time while he was having the dispute with the Steelers. So, and he's posting on Instagram and Twitter all the time. It's just, it doesn't seem to fit his personality. So, I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, out of the teams I mentioned, you know, the Colts, the Jets, the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Bills... <clears throat> they all have pretty young quarterbacks. I know Derek Carr is probably the oldest of the group, right? So he's on his second year, uh, second contract in the league, which is pretty good, and it's it's a huge deal. So they're not cap strong from it because they got rid of you know Cleo Mack and Amari Cooper, and they have some cap space there. But I um it I think it's interesting that they're all young quarterbacks, and I think that it's really important to have a nice, good pass catching, you know, as well as running, you know, running back on your team whenever you have a young quarterback that can help them develop. You know, it also helps the quarterback not get injured as much because they can check down. That's a big part of Christian McCaffrey's game with the uh, um, with the Carolina Panthers is uh, Ken Newton can check it down more. You know, he's had injuries with his shoulder consistently. So McCaffrey's, you know, had a great year. I think it was 1,000, 1,000 back, 1,000 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards back. So it's, you know, they're utilizing him very well. And I think that Bell's a little bit better of a McCaffrey. You know, I don't really like his running style too much where he bounces around the hole sometimes rather than hitting it, you know, fully. But as a pass catcher, I think he's better than McCaffrey and he's a bigger back who can take a little bit more damage than I think McCaffrey can so I think that overall he has a little he has a slight edge over him there so I think that you know he's a you know McCaffrey plus I guess so um the team that I would like to see him with the most and I think that would make a lot of sense is the New York Jets I think that they would be a good team a solid fit uh Sam Darnold they have a lot of cap space as well and Sam Darnold doesn't really have any weapons on the offensive side of the ball like there's not really anything there you know in um He's just running around for majority of his life, and you know he's been he was banged up earlier this year, you know. So I think that having that would be pretty good. I know the Jets, you know, it's a big city like you talked about. Le'Veon Bell is looking for a flash, you know, and stuff like that. So I've seen the Jets consistently, but um, he has liked a few pictures of the Colts with Andrew Luck and uh, T.Y. Hilton. But I think that that was part of the reason with like he wanted to get traded there, and like you know he wanted to get out, you know. What I mean, sort of how Antonio Brown is, which we'll get to in a second, you know, just wanted to get out and move on. So he did, you know. I mean, that's a winning team that is in the AFC that can is ready to compete now. They were in the playoffs last year, and I think that they what they won their first playoff game against the Texans. I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, um, they, they, yeah, yeah. So, 
<clears throat> it's just interesting to see. I think that the Colts could be another one, especially since they've made the playoffs without him. Having that running back and uh, Quentin Nelson as a guard and stuff, getting him straight up as a free agent rather than having to trade for him or lose anything for him is big as well. So uh, I think the Jets and the Colts both make a lot of sense, but I'd like to see the Jets. I would hate to see the Ravens just because it's interdivision. You have to play him twice a year, and you know he's going to try to play be big time in those games, you know, more so than other games. But I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on uh, on the difference, you know, between James Conner and Le'Veon Bell and just, like, overall what they both bring. So I'm just going to give you a few stats here. Like, Le'Veon Bell's last season was 2017. He averaged four, point, uh, four yards a carry, had 85 catches. He had, what, 1,291 uh, rushing yards and 655 uh, receiving yards. And Conner was 4.5 yards a carry with 900. 73 yards and 55 catches for 497 yards. So he, um, Bell played 15 games that year and Connor played 13. So I'm just curious on your thoughts, you know, it, how much of it, I guess, was the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell and how much of it was James, or, um, or how much is it, you know, the running backs there, I guess, because James Connor and Le'Veon Bell, they're almost replaceable. Like Connor has a slightly higher yards per carry, but a fewer. He played fewer games. He played 13 games rather than Bell 15 games in 2017. So, what are your thoughts there? On uh, is it just is it the system? Is it the offensive line of the Steelers, or is it you know a mixture of okay, Bell's really good, Connor's pretty good as well? Yeah, well, I mean, I actually hadn't heard Connor's stats yet. I mean, I knew that they were like very comparable to Bell's, but. <clears throat> That's just a bummer for Connor to be like just 27 yards shy of a thousand yard rushing mm-hmm. season after having such a good season, that being due to injury. But mm-hmm. um, I think that the Steelers definitely promote a um, the running back in their system. I mean, you you'd see even whenever James Connor wasn't there um, that they had D'Angelo Williams who would just go off whenever he was filling in for uh, Le'Veon Bell. And then uh, before that, it was a completely different style of running, but you had Jerome Bettis for the longest time. So they definitely have a history of running backs there and a history of running backs filling in strong. Um, That being said, I don't think that it's – I don't think that anyone is really questioning whether or not Le'Veon Bell is a good running back, though. Um, he definitely um, benefited from the system, but he's not a product of the system. So um, if you were to, to straight-up trade uh, Le'Veon Bell or James Conner right now, I think, that, I think that it would be hands down teams would want Le'Veon Bell from a talent perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that James Conner is a solid running back, but I think that it's just he's more of a product of the system. Mm-hmm. And um, Bell, I think that he's a, an established running back in the system benefited him. Okay. So. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that mm-hmm. overall just because they are comparable stats, you know, comparable players. The Steelers yep. obviously aren't going to really miss Bell too much, I don't right. think, especially with the, you know, all things even, like you'd rather have Bell. But, I mean, cap-wise, you know, from drama-wise, okay, well, I get leaning towards Connor right now anyway after he proves himself as well, you know. But, well, that's know, a, straight up, like – you know, cap, personality-wise, like, everything's the same. Bell's the back, I would say, more yeah. than likely, but Connor isn't far behind. And that's the thing that's incredible about <clears throat> the Steelers and has a lot to say about their, their drafting and their scouting ability is that we have these two high-profile players that came out of their system, and they have two high-profile players who are going to be filling in for them with with um, James Connor at running back and then uh, – Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver. Yeah. So it's just that's what it takes to be a good mm-hmm. team in the NFL, a dynasty-level yeah. team where you're just constantly producing good talent in your system regardless of the high-player profile name or whatnot. They they kind of generate that. And none of them have been first-round picks either. Like Bell was a second-round pick. I think Connor was a third-round pick. Mm. Juju was a second-round pick. And Brown was obviously a sixth-round pick. So – those haven't been first-round picks either, so that's just another, like, I guess, piece to add to it. You know what I mean? They've had good first-round picks like with G.J. Watt. They've blown some on outside linebackers like Bud Dupree as well, but you know what I mean? Like, they've had good first-round picks, but the second they get the later-round picks where it's harder and it's not as obvious, you know, to find the players. That's how teams yeah. typically well, really build up. Just thinking about, like, the wide receiver position for the Steelers, yeah. 
I I don't know if they drafted all these guys, but I I think that they did. Like, you've got to start with um, uh, number eighty six, Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward. Um, he was solid. He was a different type of receiver. He wasn't as flashy. He was just mm-hmm. Mister Consistent. Yeah. Um, so they had him. I remember uh, Antoine Randall L. Antoine Randall L. Like, who like, he was like a quarterback in college, mm-hmm. but turned out to be a great receiver for them. The other one that I'm thinking about, Plexico Burris. Plexico Burris. He was a stud for the Steelers. Santonio mm-hmm. um, Holmes was an MVP of the Super Bowl. I think they had Santonio Holmes. They had uh, Mike Wallace. Mm-hmm. They Emmanuel didn't you guys Sanders. have Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, we, yeah. Had, we drafted him Emmanuel as well. Sanders, Antonio Brown, now Juju Smith-Schuster. It's yeah. just like, and that's all. Yeah, all of those players have played for you guys within the past for the most part within like, the past decade. Yeah, so it's just like these yeah. these are franchise changing decisions for these big name players to be asking out of mm-hmm. that would <laughs> cause a franchise to go into a strict rebuilding mode that mm-hmm. the Steelers are always able to somehow. Yeah, you know, just run, roll with it, take the punches, and mm-hmm. and roll with it. And that's the one position I think that they're they're the best in the league for sure at drafting receivers. It's just been extremely impressive over the years how they just keep finding these gems. You know, because not many of them have been first round picks either. It's just like they just find them. So and that's what's so obnoxious is I mean, as being a Browns fan, that we have these picks in the first round that yeah. you know we I should be hitting mm-hmm. on. We should have a higher probability to hit on than the Steelers, but mm-hmm. it goes to show that it really, really does matter and start with who you have in those front offices, and that's why it's exciting because with John Dorsey and the decisions he's been making, it seems like that is mm-hmm. times are kind of changing. So transitioning, you know, we're talking about receivers right now. I guess we're going to talk about you know Antonio Brown, you mm-hmm. know, with the Steelers, and how he recently this week sat down with ownership and said, you know, they both mutually decided, okay, we're going to move on, we're going to move forward, but we want decent compensation for, you know, a trade. So I'm just curious on your thoughts on, like, potential landing spots for the Browns. I guess what's most entertaining for this, I guess, you know, where do you, where would you like to see him the most? And the four teams I have written down, and you can add any teams that you'd like as well, are the um, San Francisco 49ers, New York Jets, the Indianapolis Colts, and Arizona Cardinals, but you can add teams that you think that would be really interesting, you know, yeah. to that as well. But what are your thoughts on uh, Antonio Brown and potentially landing spot and trade? Like, what value would you give up, expect each team to give up for him, potentially? Yeah, well, it's going to sound like I just have not thought about this that much and that I'm just, uh, you know, sticking to one team, but I, I say the Indianapolis Colts again. I would be kind of disappointed if the Indianapolis Colts don't walk away with either Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. I just want them to get one because I I do like Andrew Luck. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like Andrew Luck is a hard player to really hate. I mean, mm-hmm. he could maybe annoy you with his voice or how how analytical he is, whatever, yeah. but he's, he's a lovable guy. He's just uh, a good quarterback in this league, and he's humble. And I think that they have – they have they're starting to put the right pieces around him um and i want to see him have the talent that he really needs to hit his window and see what he can do so i would love to see uh antonio brown with him i mean that'd be like the Peyton Manning like having Marvin Harrison and uh Reggie Wayne having antonio brown and TY Hilton like that's that's what we haven't seen Luck have yet. He hasn't had that type of uh, talent around him that Payne Manning had whenever he was in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, though, I think it's pretty interesting because, like, all the teams that you had mentioned, you you mentioned a lot of younger quarterbacks, but um, within, like, the teams that are all under the league average or above the league average in cap space mm-hmm. – um, they, there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. Um, I mean, you've got the Indianapolis Colts, and then you've got San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo. They have the fifth most cap room. You've got the Houston Texans at six uh, with uh, with Deshaun Watson. With Deshaun Watson, you've got Seattle Seahawks at eight with Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, just a lot of options there that I think would be really interesting to see him paired with. But when I really think about it, I I could see him. It just seems like such a Dallas move. Like Dallas is sitting at ten in most cap space in the league, 
And that just seems like such a Jerry Jones move to pick up an Antonio Brown. So um, that's one that I would I would kind of keep as my my dark horse for the running of him. Okay, that's that's really interesting. I didn't even think about the Dallas Cowboys at all or anything about right. that. It just you seems know, like just... the the T.O. type oh. player that Jerry Jones yeah. would love. You Big know? name kind of guys, yeah, yeah. And that would be a cool wide receiver duo. Because when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking from a fan perspective as well as a um, ownership and uh, GM perspective. But I think of the other wide receivers that he could be paired with. And mm. for me, like thinking of him being paired with T.Y. Hilton or with Amari Cooper would would be fun. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go on the Cowboys one first because I didn't think about that, but I have some thoughts on that, and then I'm going to talk about my overall thoughts. Mm-hmm. So with the Cowboys, I know they're 10th right now in caps, so that's that's good, but they I think they have to pay Dak soon, and they're going to have to pay Cooper, but they're going to more than likely move on from Sean, or there's a chance that they move on from Sean Lee as well. He's always found their, injured. Yeah, they, and they found their um, yeah Walt, Walter Vanderbush or something like that, right? Yeah. Or whatever um, their pick last year, I think. So... Um, that that'll save him some cap space there, but I think the Cowboys would be really interesting. Jerry Jones does like making splashes. Um, Dak would have all the help he needs offensively, obviously with Zeke, mm-hmm. you know, because he's the best running back on those teams that we <clears throat> mentioned already. Have they well paid Zeke yet? I don't think that they have to yet because he was a first so, round pick. So Dak was like a, what I think it was a fourth round pick. So that's a good point pick, then. So. Zeke yeah. and Dak are going to be taking up a lot yeah, of cap space. I think Dak and Cooper will be this year, yeah. but. I mean, if you're able to swing it, you know but what I mean? That's, that's that's also the thing is that Antonio Brown signed for the next three years, and he's signed to like a 12 mil a year contract. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's why you teams that should be trading for Antonio Brown right now are teams that should be, like, looking to make that extra push. Mm-hmm. They have to be yeah. within the contender consideration mm-hmm. because Antonio Brown's sitting at 31. So his window is really just the rest of this contract which is kind of interesting because he wants to get paid but I don't I don't see him getting paid big money after this contract unless he's able to hold out or and to restructure or what yeah um yeah I mean he has to consistently perform I think he he's had over 100 receiving uh, receptions over the last six years which has been really un, unheard of you know as a receiver which is very impressive I think he's the best receiver in the game right now he is sort of a head case and he does bring drama and baggage you know but He's uh, very impressive getting his feet in bounds, and majority of his route running is, you know, almost second to none. So, I uh, I'd like to see him on the Arizona Cardinals. So that's the team I would go with. Um, I would like to see just because I, I'm a huge Larry Fitzgerald fan, you know. So I think that Antonio Brown's sort of been a head case recently, just like talking about random things, you know, driving fast on, you know, just populated roads that aren't, you know. <laughs> You know, I think 35 mile per hour speeding limit, he went over 100 on it in Vicksburg. So it's just like, what are you doing? You know, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what, what's the point of that? You know, and throwing furniture out of a balcony, you know, at a hotel or your condo in um, Miami just doesn't make sense. You know, he's doing some of the things like that. So maybe, I guess, I guess Larry Fitzgerald could have some leadership there mm-hmm. for him, you know, and guidance. You know, he's still going to be with the Cardinals again next year. We don't know how much more he has, but, like, he's been playing at a pretty good level as well. You know, um, Josh Rosen, he could help him there, but hopefully you don't want you don't want to bring Antonio Brown in and then be, like, all about him and, like, hey, throw me the ball and, like, stop Rosen from, like, doing what he's going to do or any other young quarterbacks, you know what I mean? Because they, the, they don't know everything yet. They don't know their reads, and they're still getting used to things, so trying to keep a guy happy is sort of a struggle. So the Colts would be good because Andrew Luck's a little bit older. He's more established anyway. We know he's established. He was the first overall pick. He's had his good contract. So I think that that would be good with the Colts. But I think that you know having David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and uh, Antonio Brown as your offense, and it's in the NFC, so Steelers would probably be more likely to move him there anyway mm-hmm. since he is under contract, unlike Le'Veon Bell. I think that that would be... Um, a cool place to go, but I've heard a lot of talk about the 49ers as well, you know, and that'd be pretty cool to see Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan have a, you know, Julio Jones kind of guy like Shanahan had in uh, in Atlanta, so that'd be pretty cool to see just how what they could do together, you know, and that would give uh, Garoppolo a legit shot of, you know, okay, now he's actually, he has pieces around, at least another piece that he can throw to, he has Kittle as well as a tight end, and McKinnon when he's coming back off an injury after signing a big deal with them, so we'll see, you know, um, I don't think the pieces are as well, are as good with the, uh, 
49ers, but I think that having Garoppolo, I'd like to see what Garoppolo can do. You know, he did well with the Patriots when he played. He did well when he played with the 49ers before he tore his ACL. So I'd like to see him do, you know, get his recovery and have a receiver or weapon like Antonio Brown. That would be a clear number one on that team, you know, and um, yeah. see what would go there. But I, I, I think that, I mean, he would definitely look good in a 49ers uniform. Like, that's, that's one place that I could really just imagine him suiting up. <coughs> and I think he's said that he's, he's interested in that, but... The thing about like the 49ers in Arizona, I've also heard a decent amount of talk about that. I just I I don't know if those make a lot of sense for Antonio Brown though at the age of eight, of 31 because mm-hmm. those teams both still they don't seem like they're they would be in contention even with Antonio Brown. I could be wrong, um, but. I just don't see it, so I don't know why they would make that gamble other than trying to either, A, showcase what they could do if they did have an elite-level receiver down the line, mm-hmm. or B, sell tickets. So yeah. I, from a pure football-winning standpoint, I don't think that those are, um, are necessarily smart moves. M- maybe more so for the 49ers, but for the Cardinals, I mean, Larry's like 35, 36 mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown's 31 so you're gonna have your sophomore quarterback throw into two wide receivers who have been in the league and have, have established themselves and are solid wideouts who know more than the quarterback and could easily get frustrated with the quarterback and also then be out of the league in a few years and then mm-hmm. I mean you have Rosen learning how to play with the best wide receivers in the league but then from there on out, it's just a downgrade for him. So I don't know. That's just what I think about when I think of the Cardinals. And then the 49ers, I mean, they. I think that they are a legitimate option just because Kyle Shanahan does have an offensive mind. We've seen what he can do with, with a big-name receiver like Julio Jones, and Garoppolo still seems like he's on the up-and-coming, and he actually won quite a few ball games with them before he went down with that injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they do make more sense. But mm-hmm. it's still – it's just – it's a tough spot for Antonio Brown with his age. Yeah, I um I agree with that almost 100%, actually. It's funny. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, they're young. Like I said, you know, you don't want a diva kind of receiver, which Antonio Brown definitely is. I don't know. Many people would say he's not a diva receiver, you know, about him and about his brand and stuff. Like, he, he's shown that time and time again. And um, that's why I think Larry Fitzgerald's perfect for Josh Rosen because he, I mean, he, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Larry, you know, in the long mm-hmm. room or anything at all. He's just a great guy overall, just a great human being. He's a better person than he is, you know, a player, which you don't get, right. you know, and always. The, and there's no added pressure yeah. with Larry. He was there. Yeah. He's established. He's been there forever. He's, I mean, he's going to get a statue. He's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer. Like, yeah. he's just definitely the guy. And he wants to see the Cardinals do well after he's gone, you know what I mean? So maybe having Antonio Brown in there could just ruffle some feathers, but, you know, in terms of Larry Fitzgerald, that's the kind of guy every team wants. That's now, the, that's like the you guy. said, though, that makes a lot of sense for Antonio Brown, though, oh. to have another, to mm-hmm. for the exact reasons that you mentioned. But you have to listen, you know. Mm-hmm. And Brown thinks he's the best, and I think that even though he, I'm sure he respects Larry, I don't, I don't know if he would listen to him fully. You know what I mean? Because like he's done things that just haven't made sense, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like, okay, well, that's that's illegal. Like he, I don't know. He's just done things that has pushed the limits, and it's just. I think part of this is, is this, an know? act for him to get out of. Because yeah. he's not doing, known to do this. He was doing it in the in the middle of the season, though, you know, and like I think it was in November. I know. Speed, you know I guess just, that that kind of goes into you know what <clears throat> we we're trying to leeway into is like why why now? Yeah. But that's that's where this doesn't make sense to me is why like why Antonio Brown? He was the one guy for the Steelers that I actually liked, mm-hmm. like that I I. I enjoyed him as a person. Like, I enjoyed his personality and I enjoyed his play, but now he's just, he's turning into the Odell Beckham Jr. type receiver who's just too much of a diva to handle sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's just curious to think of why now, at age 31, after having such a successful career, why is he putting on this act to get out of uh, Pittsburgh? Mm -hmm. I think it was a lot of Big Ben, is what he talked about earlier this week, is just like how Ben. He said Ben has an ownership mentality where he gets to say whatever he wants but doesn't have to take responsibility for it. And I mean, Ben's a team as well. It's, you know, I think that a lot of that, head, you know, falls on the head coach just like 
Bell, Brown, and Ben. I mean, they're all great players, so it's you know you want them on your team, but there's a lot of diva and like selfishness and stuff in the organization, and that's why they didn't make the playoffs this year. Because you look at the roster, it's like okay, they're a playoff team, but they don't make it because they're not a full team, you know. But uh, I just want to add one more thing with the Cardinals is Cliff Kingsbury is a new head coach, and he was the former head coach of Texas Tech, and he has an air raid offense that just spreads them out and like you know, and I think that. They're really excited about that. So having a piece like Antonio Brown with that kind of new offense and a young head coach, like maybe a Sean McVay light kind of guy, or like that's what they're going for at least. You know, that's right. the, that's the hope for the Cardinals. I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying like that's their hope and that's why they hired him like that. It'd be cool to see you know more weapons out there. You know, David Johnson. You know, I mean, their offensive line isn't very good, but if you can figure it out, it would it would be cool to see. But again, that's that's <clears throat> another reason for me to think that he's not a good fit in yeah. Arizona. I mean. Yeah. If he's buying heads with Mike Tomlin, who, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's been known to butt heads with his players, but mm-hmm. if he's buying heads with Mike Tomlin, a Super Bowl head coach who's had a, a job as a head coach for 10 years in the league, yeah, I don't think that it's going to be hard for him to walk yeah. all over this new coach who was you know, just positioned in the mm-hmm. college football yeah. Yeah. arena. So. so. And I, I get that. So I, that's just overall thoughts on Antonio Brown. I think um, the 49ers would make a lot of sense. I yeah. think that, you know, overall, like, that, that, that would be another team that would just make a lot of sense with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because we don't know. You know, a quarterback can really change a team. So just seeing Jimmy Garoppolo come in there rather than um, any backup they've had recently, it's just going to be very interesting to see if they can get Antonio Brown in there and get a full healthy squad, then what can they have, you know? Because, like, if the Patriots didn't have Tom Brady and they had Brian Hoyer, you know, are we even thinking that they're really a contender? You know, yeah. just stuff like that, where it's just like a player like that can really make or break your team. You know, depending not you know depending on weapons or anything like that. It's it's pretty good. But yeah, and I in our lifetime, I don't think the 49ers have really been relevant. No, not that I, I can remember. Like, I mean, that's Colin Kaepernick. You know, when he was there. Oh, the that's playoffs, right. They were pretty oh my relevant. gosh! They, they uh, made the Super Packers. Bowl. Yeah, they made the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was uh, Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. That was Ray Lewis' last game ever. But yeah. But that just seemed like a fluke, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. they were really good for two seasons with Harbaugh and then like they were really bad before and they were really bad after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um I mean I think they made the wrong decision getting rid of Alex Smith. I think that he was a serviceable yeah. with the I'd team agree they with had. That. I think Alex Smith would be more serviceable than I'm not a big fan of running quarterbacks, that's all. Yeah. I'm gonna say it's on hard that. to sustain. But uh we're talking about a lot of player mobility here. We've talked about the NFL. So just to recap that before we transition to the NBA, what are your, you know, you said Le'Veon Bell, Colts, and Antonio Brown, Colts would be ideal. Could you see them there going together, or would you see one or the other? Which one would you rather see with the Colts and why? I, I just don't think that it's likely that they both go there, but it's possible since they do have the most cap room and – I think they would both definitely benefit the Colts. I just, I think that there's gonna there's 31 other teams, well, 30 other teams who have their hat in the mix on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are top 20 NFL players here, so I don't think that they strike gold on both of those guys. But I would rather see the Colts with Le'Veon Bell, okay. honestly, because the Colts already do have an established wide receiver with T.Y. Hill and and uh, Andrew Luck at quarterback, and they just ha- we haven't seen them with a run game. Mm-hmm. So it would be great to see them with another mm-hmm. uh, another stud wide receiver line up across from Ty. Yeah. But their their passing game isn't a major concern. Their mm-hmm. run game has been and will continue to be a major concern mm-hmm. if they don't fill that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'd rather see Le'Veon go to the Colts. Yeah, and the Colts have Eric Ebron as well, so that is another pass-catching yeah. guy that, you know, catches a lot of touchdowns. He's caught a lot of balls this year rather than, you know, what, or as compared to when he was with the Lions. Yeah. You know, he's actually starting to catch the ball and showing what his first-round potential really is. So that's another piece that they do have, which I don't think we really touched on too much. But, you know, adding you know another receiver to that mix would be cool, but it's enough balls to go around as well compared to – a running game that can help open up the passing game and make it easier for the guys you already have and were successful with this year. I, I, I like that take. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that overall, I think I'd rather see Le'Veon Bell with the Jets just because I think that a young quarterback in Sam Darnold, I want to see him succeed, you know, and I think that it'd be cool to see, you know, him at the, um, the Big Apple, the big city, you know, as well. So 
I would enjoy that. And then Antonio Brown, I don't know. I mean, I just want to see what the Steelers get. I just want to have the best compensation. I really don't care where he plays, you know, other than, like, I wouldn't care. I, w- I wouldn't want him to play an inner division or uh, with the Patriots. But any other team, I would be fine with just the best deal. I. What do you think yeah. that best deal is, realistically? It, I mean, I, th- I think there's a good I think there's a deal out there with the Raiders, potentially. I didn't mention them as a team, but, you know, they lost Cooper, but they could get him back for potentially less than a first-round pick that they got Cooper for, you know? Or even get him, I don't know. I mean, he's a big, that'd be a splash. He's going to go to Vegas. That'd be cool as well. You know, it'd be the energized, the, uh, the, the fan, the fans would be energized, I think, having a big star like Antonio Brown there potentially, you know, and Derek Carr's also, I think he's 27 years old, so he's also, you know, somewhat established, so... That one just doesn't make sense to me, though, because Mm -hmm. it seems like the Raiders were making a lot of moves for the future, stockpiling draft picks, and kind of changing their window from now to down the future, down the line, Mm -hmm. and that's where Antonio Brown wouldn't fit in, and John Gruen has been shipping out these players who seem like less of a high-profile diva than a Antonio Brown and they're younger and have more potential. But at the same time, you could argue that Gruden, <clears throat> those weren't Gruden's guys. Mm-hmm. Gruden comes to love the guys that he chooses, that yeah. he drafts, that he trades for. So Gruden could, um, I guess, justify it in that way. But yeah. that's why I see it hard for, for the Raiders really working the div- out. The diva aspect is the one thing that I see more than anything else because timelines NFL teams can flip it you know pretty quick especially when you have three first round picks this year multiple second round picks and third round picks in years to come from other like the Klimak trade like that you can flip it pretty quickly like the Seahawks did with the Russell Wilson draft and then they had um Richard Sherman and those players there you know you saw how fast they flipped I think that they could potentially do that but it um it starts with a big piece like that you know I would say uh you know the, the thing about the the Cowboys this year. Once they got Cooper, they were a different team. You know, they made the playoffs. The Bears, they got Khalil Mack. Their defense, you know, they had a bunch of good pieces already, but Khalil Mack pushed them over the top, you know. So sometimes there's just one player to do it. And if you have Antonio Brown as well as a few, like three first-round draft picks this year, you can start that motion maybe, like, not this year, but the year after. You know, where are you? You know, those players are getting a little older, Antonio Brown and Derek Carville chemistry. So I wouldn't, like, rule it out because you can flip it somewhat quick in the NFL as long as you have a good quarterback and a decent head coach, you know. But... Um, yeah, I, I I do I think the diva thing would be the biggest roadblock to the Raiders, you know, because I mean. But also uh, to strengthen your case, I mean John Green could be feeling uh, feeling his seat getting a little hot, even though he's locked into ten years. I mean, yeah. at least with the fan base and just having support around mm-hmm. him and what he can do, I think that I mean it definitely would not. <clears throat> make the Raiders any worse by all means to have Antonio Brown on their team. So. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our two thoughts on the NFL. And let's transition a little bit to the NBA where a lot of these, you know, player demands seem to start, seem to have start, started in the last few years, you know, and players just player mobility has been huge ever since, you know, LeBron moved around from the Cavs to the Heat and other players have moved. So like Shaq. So um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, you know, I guess the most recent one, Anthony Davis requesting a trade from the Pelicans with two years or a year and a half left on his contract. What are your thoughts on him, where he'll be next year, and, like, what, I guess, and where he'll be next year, and just overall, like, how surprised were you about the trade demand that he had, you know, he requested and just wanted to get out, and how much do you think, I guess, Rich Paul had to do with that, his new agent this year, or just is it just him not being tired of being in New Orleans and just you know, being mediocre, not making the playoffs, or not making a playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised by it at all. It was just, it was something that, like, you knew um, he was thinking and wanting, but you just never heard him vocalize it. Mm-hmm. And I think having Rich Paul as his agent, it definitely played a factor in the vocalization of it. But I don't think that it swayed his opinion to actually one out. I think that he has wanted out since, I mean, he's been there for six and a half years, and they just, they tried with DeMarcus Cousins, but they have not, like, they have not put enough pieces around him. So I don't, they've won one playoff series, and that was just this past year. 
and I, I don't blame him for wanting out, honestly. Um, I, I really think that he's going to end up in Boston, though. Um, I was, that's why I saw it as somewhat of a surprise that he vocalized it this early. I think that that was him trying to dictate him going to L.A. over Boston. Um, that seemed to be pretty apparent that his, his intentions were to put some pressure on on the Pelicans to trade him mm-hmm. before Boston really could because Boston couldn't make a trade for him with Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. um, until the end of this season. And I think Boston, it's been in their game plan for a long time to acquire AD, and they have the assets to do it, and they can uh, provide the most lucrative offer. They're not in the West. They're in mm-hmm. a different conference. And, I mean... They have the players around them to actually make a competitive push for for a championship with him. So I yeah. think that they have good uh, good reason to feel confident in re-signing him too mm-hmm. with the squad that they have. Yeah, I think that it's also um, not not only did it put pressure on the Pelicans. You know, or I guess the Pelicans were sitting there. You know, they still have another year on the deal, but like to get a deal done and like not to play with him for the rest of the year and have him on the team disrupt your team. Um, I would say that. It put pressure on the Lakers more so than anything just to get the deal done saying, okay, I'm, it's before the trade deadline. Come and get me. You know what I mean? Like, he made it known, I'm pretty sure, through um, uh, his sources that he wanted the, the Lakers, the Knicks, um, I think, did he say Milwaukee? And one other team, I believe he said. The Clippers. The Clippers is where he was looking to land. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Lakers put a offer out there and it disrupted their team a little bit but I think that uh, I, I don't know if they were going to trade him at all you know the Pelicans I think they wanted to hear all offers like a smart yeah. team would do you know exactly. you want to hear all offers you don't want to just oh I'm going to you know leave this buyer out and just go with these people right now no, I'm going to like sit back hear everything listen to everything make the best offer like make the best um, move for my team because you still have a year of contract for him right. so I think that that was what they're trying to do and they didn't want to rush it you know and yeah. just be impulsive, especially moving him to where he wanted to go. Like that's also, you know, a little spite, which I mean, it has to make sense. You know, you're hurt. You're like your player wants to leave, and now you have to rebuild. And so I think that um, you don't want to just give it, give in to where he wants to go as well. And then um, it never made sense for them to trade him because one, the market is not as lucrative <clears> as <throat> it would be if you hold off for four more months, and two. Why would you not hold off four more months? It's not like you're trying to go anywhere. It's not like you're needing to just break this down and rebuild right now other than potentially getting a higher draft pick. But still, like, that's where getting... That's more um, dependent upon your team actually losing games and actually gaining higher odds. And as we mentioned in the last podcast, that those percentages are actually down for the likelihood to get a top draft pick. So... It's an anti-tanking, mm-hmm. uh, anti-tanking system now, so it just didn't make sense uh, for them to be pressured into this because it's like it's knowing that your market for for selling a house is going to be much better mm-hmm. if you wait. Why would you be so so big on yeah. shipping it out? And not only with the Celtics potentially getting Anthony Davis, but I just thought of. What about the Knicks? What if they end up with the number one overall pick? And you trade on Zion yeah, and exactly. Dennis Smith. And okay, well, I'll take Zion. You know what I mean? He's better than the players that exactly. the Lakers were offering. Then you, you know, know what, I mean? what you then can you have be another getting. young piece that you can build around that's just as exciting as Anthony Davis coming out. Maybe more so just because of the athleticism that he shows that we haven't seen, you know, for his size, which would be extremely exciting as well. So, like, that's another piece that, you know, why not just see, okay, Knicks, he wants to go to you guys. We'll trade him for Zion and give us a few more pieces. Let's make this happen, you know. And then the Knicks have the cap space to get signed two max players. You get, you know, Anthony Davis and um, Kevin Durant. You're competing in the East for sure. Exactly. So just stuff like that. And you can get other free agents potentially. So, um, yeah, there's no point of a rush there. Not only the Celtics, you you weren't able to hear fully the Celtics offer. The Celtics weren't able to make an offer to you. You could just see where the pieces fall and then move from there. So I think that... um, I don't know where he's going to play next year. I I was leaning towards Celtics, but after talking about the Knicks potentially and knowing he wants to go there, if they get the number one overall draft pick, I think that oh, I would hope that they would trade that for Anthony Davis just so 
you could free up to put around because they they traded Porzingis away, right? So you're not really building too much for the future. You're trying to win now, I think. That's why you have the two max um, spots open in my mind. So I think that that would be a cool place. But I, I want to say the Celtics. I think that he'll be with the Celtics next year. They have the pieces to move. Um, you know, have Kyrie and Anthony Davis around, and I'd love to see I think that, that winning. I mean, he said he wants to win. You know, we'll see how much he wants to win. His dad came out against the Celtics, but I think that you know, once you're winning and you're in that atmosphere and you have Brad Stevens as a coach, I think it'd be pretty interesting. And well, that's the thing too. The I think that he he truly does want to win. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah, I I like AD, and you can tell that he's pretty genuine. I mean, he lately he hasn't been handling this very well, so it's kind of looked bad upon him. <clears> but <throat> I think that this was all just a ploy for him to try to dictate his move to Los Angeles, which is his number one landing spot. Yeah. And I don't think that he ever really did not consider or want to play with Boston or another organization. But I think that the whole purpose of this was really to try to push him to L.A. so that he could play with his good friend LeBron. Mm-hmm. So. And that's also interesting with, um, you know, people change their mind as well. You know, like for, it was like a year, right, for Paul George wanting to go to L.A. He decided he said he always wanted to end up in LA and play there and stuff, and he ends up in OKC. They have they don't even have they get knocked out in the first round, but they still have success and build camaraderie and like the direction they're going. And he still stays. You know that's something that that's the LA example almost. You know what I mean? Where he wanted to be a Laker his whole career and ended up just staying with OKC. So that was interesting. And then um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you about like the next player we want to talk about is uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's a Laker, or he's a Toronto Raptor right now, and he's talked about, like, potentially going to L.A. as well. He's from San Diego. So what are your thoughts on potentially landing, um, like, where Quiet Leonard will land? land? Um, honestly, I I would be more inclined to say that he stays in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I, I give it to Toronto or the Clippers. Okay. Those are my two teams for him. Mm-hmm. And I give those both 50-50 right now. Okay. I don't really see – I definitely don't see him going to L.A. anymore for <clears throat> for the Lakers. I think that that ship has kind of sailed. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see any other teams really being in high consideration for him other than, like, a Brooklyn Nets or a New York Nets. But I think that it just makes a lot more sense for him to stay – in Toronto or to to go to the Clippers so that he can have his own team. He wants to be in L.A., but I think that he also wants to have his own team and be an all-star there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, those are the two teams that I would give it. Okay, so let's, let me give you this scenario. If they get knocked out in the second round by, like, the Celtics or Clippers. the Clippers, no, the... Um, no, the, then I, I said... Oh, the Clippers and the yeah. Clippers, okay. I think that what if, if they go... what? What makes him stay, I guess? Is it like Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7, they lose, or the NBA Finals? Like, what, what, What's like a for sure stay? What's a, I guess, maybe stay? Or is there a maybe stay? Like, I what think are your thoughts there? If, they, if the Toronto Raptors don't make it to six games in the Eastern Conference Finals, okay. then I think that that tips for... Uh, Kawhi to be more likely to go to the LA Clippers. Okay. But if they make it a competitive series and it at least goes six games mm-hmm. or seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, then I think that having that taste in his mouth and just seeing how far that they can make it and knowing that they do have some young pieces mm-hmm. and that this was the first year that they had all these pieces put together with him and a first-year head coach, Yeah, um, I think that that would that would really compel him to stay, okay. even if they didn't make the finals. But if they make the finals, then that just makes a stronger case for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see it. I, I really don't know where he's going to go. I, I really, I think he's going to stay with the Raptors just because, like I would say Raptors if I had to choose one, just because I think that they're they're one of the best teams in the East right now. You know, the, It's not as competitive as the West as we can see. LeBron went to the Lakers, you know, and it's not – they're, they're going to be a borderline playoff team, right? You I know, th- and that's a big-time player there, you know. So I don't think one player can do it. The Clippers are in contention. They're around the same, you know, level as the Lakers right now with LeBron. But still, I mean, is that going to be enough to push him over the top against, you know, certain teams that are already established in the in the West? I don't know. It's just, you know, the East. It, this, the Raptors have been consistently one of the best teams in the East, and they added him this year. You know what I mean? They're, they're already established, and... They add him. I, I don't know. If the Raptors can prove themselves, um, like I said, where they actually have a competitive Eastern Conference Finals, <clears throat> or 
even better they make it to the to the NBA finals yeah. then I think that that just that makes the most sense to stay in Toronto but Kawhi just like him and KD both just seem like wild cards where mm-hmm. they could they could win a championship and still go to one of the worst teams in the league just because mm-hmm. they want to play there and they want to make money and they want to be uh, the big show yeah. so I would not put it I, I really like you said I don't know where he's gonna go because I think that he could very well go to the Clippers mm-hmm. um, so you brought up KD what are your thoughts on him potentially there's been a lot of noise about him going to potentially the Knicks next year at winning a title or not you know there's been that's been thrown out there he wants his own team you know he doesn't feel like he's got the credit I, I think I believe it was Ram- Ramona Shelburne talked about earlier last week how after the Warriors won their second finals with KD that he thought that people would start calling him the best player in the world which didn't happen you know or like at least not enough people to like make it stick you know yeah. but he expected that just because I mean titles is big but I mean when you go to a 73-9 team and you add you know it's another not the top same. five player it's not the same it's not the same right so I mean I I just that's you know what, what are your thoughts on him going to the Knicks, win or lose this year potentially, or where do you think he's going to be elsewhere with Golden State, or do you think he stays, you know, and just tries to go for four in a row and just be like, okay, not many people have ever done that before, you know? I think that if KD cares about his legacy, which it's apparent that he's at least, uh, he pays attention to it, that he would try to right right his wrongs and, and go to a uh, organization like the Knicks that aren't established yet. But KD is also just, we've kind of seen him just turn a bit more spiteful in mm-hmm. these past two years with the Warriors. So I could see also see KD just kind of being like, hey, you know what, you guys already hate me, but he, I could see him starting to love the hate and embrace the hate and just try to continue this dynasty with the Warriors mm-hmm. and just say, screw you guys. Like, you guys can say whatever you want, but I still was a part of a dynasty. Yeah. So And winning four would be special because, yeah. you know, he's been finals MVP two, two years in a row. If he goes again, like, that's going to be just more to it. But what what do you, I guess, what do you, what do you think the chances are of him going to the Lakers? I just want to hear your thoughts on this. I have a few... I would still give it a percentage. Well, but okay. So that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> I think that that would almost be a better look on him than going to the Knicks. I, I mean, I think that going to the Knicks like definitely um, looks better where he's not going for mm-hmm. due to another star or the potential there. But I think that, I mean, me included, like a lot of the NBA hated him because he ruined like one of the potentially best series in NBA history between the Cavs and Warriors. It was tied up at one to one for, for championships and then KD mm-hmm. came in and that ruined their series. So I would I would say that him giving LeBron another edge to overcome it, I think that that would be awesome. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, um, uh, I don't see him going to the Lakers, though. You know, I, I get that it would have been cool to have the dynasty there, or it's good that, it would have been good to have the battle, you know, between the Cavs and the Lakers back and forth. The Warriors and the Cavs back and forth, but, um, I don't see him going to the Lakers, almost specifically just for the, uh, LeBron... LeBron KD dilemma of being the best player in the world. You know, I think mm-hmm. that that's one thing that he really does care about as well. He listens to his critics a lot, and that would be it's LeBron's team now. You know, he's already been there a year. Right. They built it. It seems like he's going It'd on LeBron to win some more. So I think that that's ship. why that it'd be a lower chance than yeah most, especially earlier in the season that they talked about. So that's one that I would uh, definitely. I almost almost rule out. You know, I would say there's a small percent chance because anything can happen. There are friends, but he does want to be the. Uh, the best player in the world so I think he will be there in the next few years I I mean LeBron's gonna have to fall off at some point he's you know with an injury like he had this year we're not seeing the same LeBron like we talked about last conversation with uh, uh, MVP race so yeah and then I guess the final player we can talk about today is uh, Kyrie Irving and 
what your thoughts are on where he'll end up with Boston, New York, or maybe go to L.A. or Phoenix. What, what do you think about Kyrie? I think he's going to stay in Boston. Stay in Boston? Yeah, unless unless him and KD, unless there's truly some substance behind that, mm-hmm. uh, of them teaming up in New York, I think that I think that Kyrie's going to have to watch the pieces fall on that one. I don't mm-hmm. think KD's going to wait to watch the pieces fall on that because, like you said, KD's wants his own team. He doesn't want to be seen as the guy jumping from ship to ship to ship mm-hmm. based on talent. So if Kyrie signs there first, then it's going to be like, oh, well, KD just went there because he knew another good player is there. Yeah. I think that Kyrie's satisfied with his team and his position with the Celtics mm-hmm. that – He's going to stay there and wait and see if KD does go to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Kyrie truly does love New York, so yeah. that would compel him to go there um, more than anything. But I don't think Kyrie goes there without any reassurance that there's another all-star player. Yeah, I think the big um, the big thing with Kyrie is I don't think he would go anywhere by himself. You know, he already yeah. talked about earlier this year it's how it's, you know, he, he's, why, he appreciates why? LeBron and, like, how, you know, he was the alpha dog when he was in Cleveland, helped him show my lead, and he understands how difficult it is to be the guy, you know. Why would you leave what Boston has? <clears throat> yes, yeah, so his young pieces potentially getting Anthony Davis is just like for head for coach. Kevin Durant to leave um, Golden State or LeBron to leave the Cavs. Like it makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. where things are starting to they've already peaked, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas. The, the Celtics haven't peaked yet. Yeah. They're still on the incline. And they're building so, around you specifically. Yeah. You're the guy. It's your team. It's not like you're the unquestioned, hey, it's your team. Well, that's where I think speculation started to grow was whenever they were, um, whenever the Anthony Davis trade talks were starting to heat up and they knew that Boston wouldn't be able to get Anthony Davis before the trade deadline unless they trade Kyrie. And I think that Kyrie was listening to too much uh, talking heads and saw that he could be considered to be a trade piece for Anthony Davis and I think that that's where that kind of got him he, he's more of a Kevin Durant where he's more sensitive to that type mm-hmm. of information so he got on the defensive there yeah so yeah but I, I I see him staying with Boston like for the piece for the reasons you said it's his it's his team there's a bunch of young pieces around him and now that he wasn't traded for Anthony Davis at all that's out of the way and they can trade for him you know, without even having to worry about it, and know that that's in coaching. place, whereas <clears throat> New York isn't in place. Yeah. Like New yeah. York could have AD too, but one, they don't have anyone else around him. If they mm-hmm. do get him, and two, like that's not for sure yet. And just as Boston would AD is be, a, be a big enough draw to leave exactly. Boston, especially where you're established, you have the chemistry with the guys, and it's your team. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, but there's yeah. a lot going on. So, uh, is there anything else you want to add to this uh, freezing topic, no, I Brian? Think that, I think we covered a lot. Right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening in today, and uh, this is Two Cents, so have uh, a good night. Yeah.